What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino. How's Episode number 49. 49. We are going to hit the big 5-0 on Friday's episode. And then Casino Saturday is my birthday. So big week. Big week all around. No, I didn't get you anything. Yeah, I didn't but get you anything. That's fine. You have till Friday's podcast. Nothing. You have till Friday's podcast. I will not get but, you anything. <laughs> but man, this is weeks like this are why we were like, maybe we should do two two episodes a week because NFL, NBA, NHL, like if there was something interesting happening in baseball, it would be like all four corners of the globe. It's this has been a crazy, crazy week. Just insane casino. Uh, also, uh, we also. do this podcast now two times a week. Ooh, I have things me. to plug. I never plug any of my things, casino. I'm doing uh, – so let me do the plugs, and then we'll jump right into the NFL news. But my plug is go to kickstarter.com, imagination issue number one. Uh, sign up for the pre-launch page. It's my comic book. It launches next week, May 2nd. I also have a sub stack called Wilson's World. I just write things twice a week on there. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, nice. all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. But, Casino, you have anything to plug? I don't know what plugging means besides <laughs> something that uh, I, 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 I don't partake in. No, I'm just kidding. Anything except know. this podcast. I, know, I was just. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right, then with that, I'm, I'm a knowledge ado, of info. I'm a knowledge of information here. Let's just go. <laughs> that, uh, let's just jump right into the big NFL story of the week. It finally fucking happened yesterday, which was good timing because we were going to record yesterday, literally like. Our show would have ended an hour before this happened. So I'm glad we waited and we can talk about this. So Aaron Rodgers finally traded to the Jets. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers. They swap first round picks. So they go from 13 to 15 or they go from 15 to 13, right? The Jets are the one that had the 15. Correct. So they go to 13. The They get a 2023 fifth round pick. And then the Packers get the pick swap, obviously. Then they get a 2023 second round pick, a sixth round pick, and a 2024 second round pick that becomes a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. So Casino, the obvious question to this is the one i will ask now who won in this trade the jets or the packers packers all day all day they got rid of a cancer in their team oh you you disagree i disagree completely oh no i i think the packers they needed to get rid of them they needed to move off of aaron Rodgers. they got quite a bit back for him um like i like getting rid of him you know me i'm not an aaron Rodgers guy so Getting rid of him and getting a good amount of stuff back, I'm totally for. They got rid of him. They get picks. Now they just have to utilize their picks and do them correctly throughout the next few drafts. You know, whether Jordan Love 
works out or not, they needed to be done with Rodgers. He was a he was too much for that organization, a well-structured organization. Now just ex- imagine what he's going to do now in the Jets organization. Uh, I completely, completely disagree with you on the Aaron Rodgers thing. Here's why. So okay. the, why? the Packers, uh, they get basically nothing this year because they don't get a first round pick. All they do is swap in the, sp- uh, and they change two spots. So that means nothing. That means zero for the Packers, nothing net gained. Uh, then they get a 2023 second round pick. So they get a pick in this year's draft in the second round. That's good, right? And then they get a sixth round pick. Nothing doesn't matter. And then they get a, basically they get, basically this deal is a first round pick, a second round pick. They keep their first round pick and then they get a six round pick. So for your Hall of Fame quarterback, who you are replacing with a guy who has been on your roster for, at this point, what, four, five, three, four, five years? I don't know how long Jordan Love has been on this team, but for a guy that's been on your roster for minimum five years, you still know nothing about, you don't even know if he's a good player. We saw uh, him play in garbage time against the Eagles, and he looked fine, like, but... You get a unknown now leading your uh, franchise that you've had a two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for almost 40 years on this team, uh, two Super Bowls to show for it. So in exchange for that, you get a first round pick, a second round pick, a six round pick. Like, look at the Russell Wilson deal. Like, Seattle came out of that like, oh my God, obviously you have to trade Russell Wilson if you're getting this. There was clearly a better market for Rodgers because you got nothing. You got nothing in return. And then also the Jets, the cap hit for Rodgers this upcoming season is $15 million. Okay, so they're paying nothing for him. And then they created, because his contract converted to a uh uh, like a bonus signing or something like that. So again, I'm dumb. I don't understand how the cap works at all. I was looking at the Jalen Hurt like contract details that came out today. I don't understand it. I don't understand anything ever when it comes to the cap. This included. So his contract converts to a signing bonus, which means they're only taking a cap hit for basically 16 million. They create the Jets create 43 million in cap space for this upcoming season. They have draft picks. They have the offensive rookie of the year. They have the defensive rookie of the year. They're getting Brees Hall back, who probably would have been offensive rookie of the year if he stayed healthy. So you have this incredibly stacked Jets team now with rookies. You didn't lose any draft picks. You have a solid top five defense in the league in a division where you have to worry about the Bills. The Dolphins are a question mark because you don't know who is talking about maybe he wants to retire uh, for his family or whatever. I don't know. That was a weird interview he gave. And then you yeah, have the Patriots, which who knows what they are. The Bills have kind of been the perennial underachiever when everybody always picks them to go to the Super Bowl and they haven't even gotten close. So it's like you get 
You get Aaron Rodgers on a cheap contract. It doesn't hurt you at all. You lose nothing. And then it's just like the only thing that sucked about you last year was the quarterback. So you get guaranteed from Rodgers maybe two or three games one that you wouldn't have won last year. This is now a 10, 11, 12 win team. Like this, I don't get. And for the Packers, it's 12 just is like, very, if I, 12 is too high. I don't think the Jets, especially in that division. I mean, yeah, you were saying we don't know what the Patriots are. Just just wash my team, call them the last in the division. Most likely what's going to happen. The only thing good for them here was their defense. Going to shit right now. So you still have the Dolphins and the Bills. I can see that easily being split there. Um, here's another thing. Rodgers hasn't played against these teams that much. Like, he doesn't... He's not used to playing in these against these teams in these stadiums. So yeah, like is it going to be like the Tom Brady effect where Rodgers is not going to be able to go out and play in Miami? You know, he's, is he going to be able to go used to playing in the cold? But I, I don't know. I yeah, but I still like the fact that I got. I'm sorry. I'm just. I guess I'm just that much of a Aaron Rodgers hater. Getting him out of my organization and him being a little whiny back whiny baby back bitch about <laughs> everything getting him out of my organization is a godsend i don't care if he plays well because here's the thing if they're down they're not they when how many times do they come back on aaron Rodgers' play whenever rogers is getting beat you could almost wrap it up and say okay that game's over rogers is gonna lose because he's already down a 10 points at halftime and he's gonna wrap up shop and blame everybody else it's very rare that he comes back out and wins that game. It, it, it just, it is what it is. I'm, if I was the Packers and everything that he's put them through, I would be glad to have, get rid of him. Okay. You don't get a crazy amount. So I guess logistically, yes, the Jets won the trade because they didn't have to give up too much for him. But if I'm, if I am the Packers organization, I am extremely happy to get him finally out of our place and we can move forward and start the next half, the next part of our, our franchise, which again has always been ran well. So say Jordan love doesn't work out. I, they're still going to be able to figure out, get a quarterback eventually wouldn't probably not going to take them too long. If Jordan love doesn't work out and they're going to get it done, they're going to put things around him. They're going to get him. It's going to be all fine. I just, I guess I'm just at that point where I'm just glad Aaron Rodgers is gone. If I was a Packers fan and Packers organization, and now I can move forward so actually getting him out and getting getting some things back, I'm totally fine with that. I guess logistically you're right, but with my heart and what I think the Packers organization needed is they got rid of him, and they needed to get rid of him, and so they can actually move forward with the team. Yeah. Now, I agree with you in the sense that uh, in his entire career – Rodgers has 21 fourth quarter comebacks, 31 game winning drives, which if for a player that's almost that's been playing for 20 years, min- yeah, that's not impressive. Yeah, that's not that but, many. No. But the he sets one up thing, the one thing that uh people who have always criticized the Packers organization when it comes to defending Aaron Rodgers is he never had weapons which we can debate all day about because the argument is always his entire time there the Packers never drafted a wide receiver in the first round so 
Does that mean those players would have been good? No, because we've seen how many first round wide receivers. Okay, be a better quarterback. Be a Brady where I'm just going to use Brady as an example. Be a Brady. Make players better. Make those players better. Yeah. If you're you're this godsend of a quarterback, make them better. Brady didn't get, yes, the one year, the one year that he got all of the things, get everything he wanted in an offense. They went undefeated, lost in the Super Bowl. So it doesn't always pan out. It just, it doesn't always pan out. So he needs to be better and he needs to not criticize all of his wide receivers. So even the ones that could potentially be good, what does he do? He criticizes them, makes them feel, he belittles them, makes them feel like crap. Look what he was doing with Lazard. Yes, by the end of the season, he was like, oh, Lazard's my man. But the beginning of the season, he was frustrated with the dude. <laughs> Sorry, I You're, hate Aaron Rodgers so much. I, I also dislike Aaron Rodgers, but the 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 hatred seething off your side of the screen right now, it's it just warms my heart. Yeah. Well, my dog also got me, got my blood boiling there. So now I'm just even more angry. (laughs) Uh, Now, but (sighs) so the, ironically, when we first started this podcast was at the beginning of the last NFL season where the big Russell Wilson move happened. And it was eerily similar to this, which was, Broncos had a great defense. They had some exciting pieces on offense, like young, uh, exciting pieces on offense. The one thing, though, we kept saying was all they need is a quarterback. All they need is a quarterback. And then they got the Russell Wilson uh, quarterback, which that contract and that trade with how much Seattle had to uh, or what how much Denver had to give up to get him is a million times worse even if it would have panned out than what the Jets had to give up to get Rodgers which is essentially nothing so on that perspective the Packers look way dumber than the Seahawks did where the Seahawks were like we're gonna get all this capital for this guy who clearly is past his prime I don't think anybody would debate Rodgers is past his prime but all right, no, but that, that's the, fair. Well, okay, the continue. two I'll, ends I'll of finish. the spectrum are Russell Wilson, what we're talking about, or on the other end, it's Tom Brady, it's Matthew Stafford, it's these older veteran quarterbacks going to teams already built, and then Stafford within two years had a Super Bowl, Brady within a year had a Super Bowl. So it's like those are the two ends of the coin. It's like he's either going to be a bust like Wilson or he's going to be a Super Bowl champion like Brady and Stafford. And right. But see, the the difference is, uh, and I think this is more of the issue. Russell Wilson went from the weak NFC to the strong AFC and basically finished last in one of the hardest divisions in football. Uh, Like you said. Rodgers is going from a division he has owned, right? The Vikings, Bears, and Lions have never really been competition to him, which makes his lack of Super Bowls and playoff wins even more suspect because it's like all you exactly. had to do was play That's what I'm good. And, yeah. And then Stafford went to kind of a competitive division. Tom Brady went to a division which was dog shit. So it's like... A quarterback moving and look from what the he NFC. Did. He, and and look, look what he did. He made the playoff. Brady made the playoffs on a shitty year. 
and he still made the playoffs. So seeing Rodgers go to a somewhat competitive AFC East. Well, definitely more I than don't, the NFC North. 100%. I, I don't. And he's played those teams. He knows those coaches. He knows those players. He knows what he's getting into. He's played in those stadiums. You're now going to have to shake everything up. And yes, the Jets last year were good. They had a great defense. They had a good running game, um, especially if Hall was in there. You know, but we don't know what he's going to be like when he gets back. But true, that team's a good team. The Jets were a good team. They just missed the playoffs. Rodgers is going to get them a couple more games. But this whole notion of he's going to go over there and win the Super Bowl for him, I just I don't see it. And if if, if Rodgers does, I'll eat a piece of paper. I don't care. It's on <laughs> it's on the books right now. I'll eat a piece of paper. Like if he goes to the Super Bowl, he has to win it. No, he has to win the fucking Super Bowl. Okay. If you go to the Super Bowl, it doesn't mean shit. Look what Brady did. You know, he went didn't. And, you know, yeah. whatever. I go do fucking think, win a Super Bowl. Go win a Super Bowl. I do think it's interesting where when you talk about the AFC, you have the Chiefs, obviously, as the number one best team in the league. They're Super Bowl champions. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes always takes them to either the AFC Championship or Super Bowl. So he has to beat that team. And again, with a playoff record that is suspect and playoff performances that make you scratch your head. I always think of the uh, Cardinals-Packers game where he's getting sacked and he fumbles the ball. And like, yeah, that's just always my thought of Rodgers in that Super Bowl. I also are in the playoffs. So so you, you didn't let me finish. I was letting you finish earlier. So about like the Packers getting rid of him and not getting a whole bunch back, by the way. What if the Packers and the Jets knew this? Of hey, we're gonna lowball them and be like, hey, you know, like, or this was the only way that the Jets would take Rodgers, and the Packers were just needing to get rid of Rodgers, and so the yeah. Jets were like, you know, and, and they just it, it was a lowball, and they wouldn't give the Packers everything they wanted, but it's like, hey, you know, yeah, we don't have a quarterback, but we did pretty well last year you know, we'll figure this out. Like, Hey, you want to get rid of Rogers more than we need Rogers. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think the jets needed a quarterback. We saw it. It is what yeah. it is, but I think the Packers were so desperate to get rid of him because if he stayed on that team, he, he would not give two shits to go out and play. Plus they wouldn't play him. They're going to bench him. They would have benched him. So they needed to get rid of him. They needed to get rid of that contract. They needed to get some draft picks. Yes. They didn't get too much, but now they can move forward with Jordan Love. I think the Packers were just happy to get rid of him out of the station. And the Jets may have lowballed and said, hey, we're only going to give you this. It's, you know, if you want to get rid of him, you got to take this deal because we're not going to do anything else. Maybe yeah. that was the reason why it took so long is just the Packers like, can we get a little bit more? Can we get a little bit more? And the Jets were just like, possibly, no, no, won't do that. And the desperation of getting Rodgers out of Green Bay was more than the Jets needing a quarterback, and they knew that. Um, I mean, it could be vice versa, but with how little that the Green Bay Packers got back, I think it was more they needed to get rid of Rodgers so they can move forward with their team. Um, well, I think I think for the Jets, it was a no-brainer. I'm just gonna like I, I'm just gonna call you, you know, Aaron Rodgers lover for the rest of the year. I mean, you're <laughs> so happy for him. He's I mean, a, he's for your the new Jets. Guy. Uh, the Jets, it's a no-brainer. 
like literally if uh what is it? If Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, it becomes a first round pick. So the I kind of like that also for the Packers almost because if he gets hurt or whatever, that's like insurance for them that they only lost a second round pick. So the Packers basically just got two second round. Let's say worst case scenario, Rodgers gets hurt. So they got two second round picks and a six round pick. And then they got to, and then they kept their first round pick. Like, I don't know. It just seems like not enough, but then again. Well, everybody was going to say, everybody did what? Everybody was saying, oh, this is a minimum two first rounders. Yeah. What it is. So they were able to still keep their first rounder and still might not even lose another first round. So they might not even have to cost a first rounder at all during this whole trade. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know. They're okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so next up casino for the NFL is the draft is coming up Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the interesting note that came about, uh, uh, which happened, I believe yesterday was a random Reddit post from a random account. Okay. So literally has like no, like it's not Adam Scheffner. It's not like anybody like that. Uh, randomly made the odds on Will Levis overnight go from plus 4,000 to plus 400 that Levis would go at number one. As of this morning, his odds dropped from 20 to one to net, or it was 50 to one to 20 to one open 10 to one. And it has all these NFL reporters uh, scrambling, apparently, that there are now odds that Will Levis goes number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. I don't think there's any fucking chance of that happening. Oh, hell it's no. It's going to be Bryce Young. Uh, uh, but the wild cards in this draft really feel like Levis and Richardson have just came from, like, random quarterbacks who are now – projected to go in the top five even though they didn't do anything in college but right but we've know. already talked about this on a previous episode like bryce young he's going to the panthers because it doesn't matter if he pans out or not you take the chance on him because if he doesn't pan out he doesn't pan out but if you don't take him and he come and he goes to another team and he's just amazing then you took a chance on a different guy they'd be like you had the chance to get bryce young and you didn't so i think as an organization to keep the fans at at bay you take which everybody's expecting and you move forward whether he's the guy or not the guy yeah and then my pick would have been cj stroud just because i think he's played in a big time organization he's got the size he's got the arm all that kind of stuff but now there's reports coming out where he's doing all the wonderlick test and he's like getting the lowest score out of everybody which as that uh, relays to like the football field. That means can he quick? Can he think quick on his feet? Can he read defenses? Bryce Young apparently is acing all these tests. So again, it becomes one of those things where do you trust the size of Bryce Young to last on a football field? We've already seen guys of similar stature like a Kyler Murray, or you know, like a he's doesn't run, but just a size comparison would be 
obviously Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Those guys weren't the bigger, those guys weren't the biggest guys on the field. And they're still much bigger than Bryce Young. So I don't know. Do, does a tiny quarterback work in the NFL? Because so far, Kyler Murray, like it's kind of not working in Arizona. And they gave him a shitload of money, and now he's always injured. He's banged up. But when he's on the field, yeah, no, they're screwed. Like, I don't, I don't know. If you're the Panthers, especially giving up that much to move to the number one pick for a guy who is smaller than me, and I'm like, like not a giant, massive guy. I don't know. I don't know, Casino. Uh, but you, if you were the Panthers, you would take the flyer on Bryce Young. Yeah. I think you have to. Yeah. I feel like I would. Dude, He Bryce Young, he's six foot, he's six foot dead, uh, dead even, which I think is one of those things where it's like he's actually shorter than that. But like all this, all his agents and stuff are like no no he's six foot he's six foot but he's only 194 pounds i'm six one i'm 210 like and i'm again i'm not a big guy if i was playing in no, the nfl you got a nice you've got a nice chin i got two i got two <laughs> but you've got two. Uh, you can see mine you even put it in my our thumbnail all the time yeah because it's a great picture and I'm going to screenshot oh, that, that one and put it in other pictures. <laughs> but it hurts, it hurts every time. But... It strains all the muscles here. It's all. Ugh. I mean, it looks great. It looks great. But casino, we will. I mean, we're not really like draft guys. I don't. I've never really been. I've been into watching no. the draft, but besides all like the known guys, I'm not like a scout or like get deep on any of this. I just like watching no, the draft. Yeah. Where they tell you all that as soon as as soon as my team as soon as my team picks a player, um, anything that's like out and you kind of know some player positions you need, and you may not know like all of them. So like you know, I know the Patriots need X, right? And so I'm like, okay, I, I know that I've heard of this player and this player and this player in college, and I'm sure they're probably going to get they're up there. And so whenever they come across the board, I'm like, oh, you know, we got that, cool, but. For the most part, that yeah. doesn't happen because Patriots can't draft worth a shit. But whenever I see a player come up that they draft, I immediately look them up, see how they go. Um, the one that I did not have to look up was Ramondre Stevenson. We all know about that. Hey, we all know about there that. There you go. Speaking of running backs, I'm all on team Bijan Robinson for the Eagles. If they draft him at number 10, there's reports today that the Eagles may be attempting to move up to get, I believe it's Jalen Carter out of Georgia. I'm fine with the Eagles taking offensive line, defensive line, or uh, Bijan Robinson. Those are the only three picks. Always- Outside of that, I will be furious. Well, what what was the one the other like the other year where it was like a wide receiver that you wanted and they picked a different wide receiver and you lost oh, your mind? Oh, the wide receiver I wanted was Justin Jefferson. How'd that fucking turn out? He was sitting right oh, there. Right. And this revisionist bullshit history of like every <laughs> Eagles fan wanting Justin Jefferson is such bullshit. The entire 
like Reddit, Facebook, Twitter universe of Eagles was like 90% don't take Justin Jefferson, 10% take Justin Jefferson because they kept saying, and the thing I kept reading about him is he's just a slot wide receiver. It's not going to transfer to the NFL. It's not going to transfer to the NFL. Like this garbage, like revisionist history of like, Everybody in Philadelphia wanted Justin Jefferson and they knew he was going to be great. Like, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Like, I wanted Justin Jefferson. I didn't think he was going to be this great, but I was like, he played at LSU. He looked way better than all the other wide receivers. We just need some tall guy. Like, get me Justin Jefferson. Now, I will say, 99.9% of the Eagles fandom did not want Jalen Rager. I was one of them. When that draft happened and he got drafted like that, and it was like uh, Jalen Rager at a TCU, you see the Vikings draft room laughing at the Eagles, and then they immediately take Justin Jefferson, and now he's in contention for MVP every fucking year. And then Jalen Rager's basically out of the league. So... That was a giant hit and a miss, but then they made up for it by getting AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. So again, just don't do anything stupid. Get Bijan Robinson, move up and get Carter, get a win in the trenches. We have weapons. I don't know. I'm confident in this Eagles organization now, even though for a couple of years done, uh, even for a couple of years there, it was really uh dark days, dark days casino. But now it's time to move to the NBA and I have all these notes on all these games, but you but, know, what's the only you, no, fucking just, game. Hold that on. Matters. Hold on a sec. Chill. Let's chill. Breathe for a second. <laughs> I, I, I brought up the whole wide receiver thing is because I just love pressing the hot button for you because I know how to trigger you. And it is the greatest thing. That's why I was smiling and then had tough technical difficulties because my toaster, but I would I just wanted to throw that in there because I was on the back end of my computer here trying to figure out why it was so slow. There was like two things running that weren't showing that they were running because um, I can only have one thing running at one time. So I was like, you know, let me put them on a rant for a second. So here's this. I'm going to lob this up to you. And then now yeah. now I'm good and everything looks good. My computer's not I slow. I mean, it worked it out. It worked out in the end, but yeah, there was a couple dark, dark days there for a while where Justin Jefferson was just it's still doing great things. But now we have A.J. Brown. Now we have Devontae Smith. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. And with now it we're now. moving into the end. And, and no, you know, so, and you say that's the only one that wasn't. You say the Miami Milwaukee was the only one worth of no. I mean, the other one went into OT. That was a fun game. That was but, a fun game, but. We started this podcast, Casino, in a year that just gets, like, we get to talk about all the things in sports that I like, right? My Eagles being undefeated. Yeah, I know, because you talk about a lot. You you talk a lot, so it's perfect. (laughs) If the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl, this would have been the best year to start a podcast, maybe ever, for my interest. And then... So the Eagles, they get the letdown. And then it's like, we go into these NBA playoffs. My two favorite things are the Sixers, who do a gentleman's clean sweep of the Nets, even without the MVP 
MVP playing there. And then all these other teams, I was like, oh, Bucks are going to uh, sweep the heat. They have like no depth. And then they get two players injured. They get Oladipo. They get Hero just knocked out of this series. And then they're down or no, they are shockingly up two to one. And then it's like, oh, well, Giannis is back. They're playing with like 11 oh, yeah. players. I thought who... with Giannis being back, it was, I thought it was over. Yeah. They, it was 2-1. They were going to go into Miami. Everybody was like, well, Giannis is back. They're going to win the next two, uh, make it 3-2, and then close it out at home, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know what we doubted, Casido? We doubted my favorite NBA player. I've said this for fucking years. I love Embiid, but my true love, and you know this, my true love for NBA players has always been Jimmy Butler. I fucking love Jimmy Butler. Every Sixers fan hates the Heat and fucking loves Jimmy Butler. Everybody loved him when he was on the team. And then the Sixers, because they're fucking dumb, chose Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. How's that working out for you? Uh, And then Jimmy Butler has just been on the Heat for four years. And then he's good to, to great during the regular season. And then when he gets to the playoffs, he just becomes the most efficient, best fucking player on the planet with like garbage around him. Garbage. Last night, uh, for those who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, last night, the Heat played the Bucks in Miami. Jimmy Butler had 22 points in the first quarter and then had like no points in the second quarter a couple points in the third, and then it became the fourth quarter, and he hits back-to-back threes. He hits a slam dunk. He's blocking shots. He's stealing the ball. He's the the crowds. A Miami crowd who never gives a fuck about basketball is literally one of the loudest crowds you've ever heard blowing the fucking roof off the place. Jimmy Butler screaming at everybody. It was... Amazing, Casido. Amazing. Jimmy Butler goes 56 points, nine assists, two rebounds. Everybody else on his team, uh, you had Adebayo got 15. Vincent had 10. Martin had 12. Nobody else had double digits in any category. I'm talking points, assists, or rebounds. There was two guys with nine. One of those guys was Jimmy Butler. Everybody else did nothing. Jimmy no, yeah. Butler. He he won he won the entire game. Oh, and it then was, you it, had it was Giannis absolutely come phenomenal. Back. Giannis is actually and he uh, had a great game. Back. He puts up a triple double. No one gives a shit. No one. No. Every no. everybody on it was, the bus. It was funny. So it it was really funny. So I, as I'm sitting there watching this game, um, watching this game, like I had it up. I I had all the other games going for sports. But I had this game up, and um, this gentleman was like, oh, wow, like, Butler, like, 56 points. and Or he was not at 56, but he's like, oh, he's having a great game. They're they're coming back. They can win this game. And the person I'm was like, up oh, you phone. know, what's up? I said, during while this was happening, I'm also blowing up your phone. Confessing oh, yeah, 100%. how much I love Jimmy Butler. Yeah. You were. But it, it was great. So, like, this guy was talking to me about this, and he was like – Obviously, he doesn't know much about basketball, and he wasn't saying this like 
as a heat hater or a Bucks lover, he was just like, well, you know, Giannis is not playing and, you know, the heat, they're going to go well. He, cause Giannis got injured. I saw, and I was like, he's in this game. And he was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, he's in this game. It was like, uh, yeah. Giannis had a very, very every, quiet. Everything was watching Jimmy Butler. Every, every camera was on him. Everything was on him. He was absolutely insane. Uh, he, he was phenomenal. And also Absolutely phenomenal. Everybody else on the heat is just doing these insane turnovers at like the least opportune moment. They just keep doing this thing. It must've happened four times in this fucking game where they act like they're going to pass the ball to a guy who's going to be running left. And then they pass the ball as if they thought he was running right. And the ball just goes out of bounds by like, literally just a heat player throwing it out of bounds nobody else on the heat looked like they wanted to win this game and then jimmy butler uh he gets the steal he goes back for a dunk and he's like hanging from the rim he jumps off he's like screaming at the crowd the crowd's going fucking nuts like it was one of the best playoff performances i've ever but, seen and, and and just kind of piggyback off of what you're saying as you know he got the steal and he went and dunked um, their points off the turnovers were 24 points. Milwaukee had 17. Their fast break points were 22. Um, they had a lot of baskets in transition um, off of either fast breaks via turnovers or not, but they were hustling the entire game. Yeah. Yes, I mean, mostly it was all Jimmy Butler, but a lot of people were passed to him because it was like, give him the goddamn ball. He's scoring everything. But <laughs> yeah. that was something that I noticed is the pressure. They were up and down the court they weren't lollygagging they weren't taking time every time they got the ball they were pressing 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 getting the ball down the court and getting it in the basket it was fun to watch because it was that was something being a running rebel fan for basketball that was how a lot of teams were is a fast-paced style my second favorite team in college basketball is um uh, Wichita State, because there was a point there when they were really good. They were playing really good, fast team basketball. And that's what I enjoy watching about basketball. I don't like this slow play. Pass it around the perimeter until you get a fr- uh, three-point yeah. shot. I can't stand it. I want to see fast play, passing, maneuvering through players. I want to see people crisscrossing through the blue paint. I want to see movement. I want to see fast basketball. Because that's what's exciting. That might be just my soccer and my soccer and hockey love coming out because I like those fast-paced games. But well, no, and and that's why everybody loves watching the Golden State Warriors because their entire offense is let's fast break and then pass the ball four times and hit a three, and then we're gonna fast break to the other side, and it's just yeah, like that. That's why I've always hated James Harden. I've always hated players even Luca annoys the fuck out of me where it's the iso ball I'm gonna stand here and dribble till the clock gets to eight seconds and then I'm gonna try to shimmy and get uh, a little bit of space so I can make a fadeaway or I can make a contested three like I agree with you I hate that kind of fucking basketball I love the and again I've always loved how the heat uh, I like they call it heat culture and how the heat organization is is run even though I'm a Sixers fan like the heat to me the heat and the Golden State Warriors have always been the gold standard in terms of how to run an organization and I mean 
signing Jimmy Butler and basically being like, we're going to build a team around Butler. It's like without uh, some injury concerns or if they would have just got one more player to come to Miami, like this Heat team, remember they went to the Lakers in that finals and won two games where everybody was like, Lakers are going to sweep them. This one, the Bucks have the best record in the NBA and Giannis missed one game, but in this game, Giannis was back in full force. He had a triple-double, and they still just, they were getting absolutely murdered on the boards, just offensive and defensive rebounds. I mean, for uh, Milwaukee, they had six well, for I Middleton, mean, 10 from Antetokounmpo, well, off, off 11 the boards, Mil- Offensive boards, Milwaukee almost doubled the heat, um, but the heat were defending the ball well into zone box and now they were getting their rebounds they had more defensive rebounds and they well also their size compared to what miami has is just like they're Giannis and lopez are just towering over yeah, everybody just, on the all games. of it yeah uh this is fucking crazy the the heat were down 13 with five minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler checked himself back in with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and outscored the Bucks just by himself, 22 to 16 in the final eight minutes. Like, and again, these were not easy shots. There was nobody else on the heat making anything. This was I'm going to let you finish up on, on the Miami Milwaukee. I'm going to grab the kid. She just got up. Oh. She started late today. But feel free to continue on that, or if you want to move over to Lakers, Memphis. I watched all that, so it'll be easy for me to jump right back in. Um, you got it. Again, my again, my bar turned into a Lakers bar last night. <laughs> I was getting yelled at and, and chirped at as soon as the Golden Knights game ended. was just, all right, Lakers, Lakers. And I have the pad in my hand to change it, and I finally looked at one of my regulars. I, I enjoy him, but he's like your fan. And he's yelling at you, change it to the Lakers game, and I have the pad in my hand. I just look at him and go, you don't shut and like there's other people there and they all know and that we're all just messing around i'm like if you don't shut the fuck up i will not i'm going to turn everything to nhl network and we're going to watch highlights of the nhl today you good (laughs) i was like i just grabbed it the night's game ended literally 15 seconds ago give me a second because he was yelling for the lakers game the entire game the entire night and he was like yeah i'm good i'm good and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I changed it over. And as soon as I changed it over, he just kind of sat down. And then like two minutes later, they did a good play. And then he starts screaming. And I was like, fine, you're good now. But relax. <laughs> you had to give me, you had to literally give me 20 seconds to grab the pad and change all the TVs around and the sound. Uh, Laker fans, man. Can't stand them. Can't stand now, them. Uh, last bit of notes on the Heat game is... So Jimmy Butler in the first quarter, he scored 20 of the 22 points the Miami Heat had in the first quarter, which that's when you're going like, oh, this is going to be the Jimmy Butler game. And then he kind of disappeared for the second and third quarter. I mean, he was still like hanging around, but that's when Milwaukee started getting the 10-point lead and then it got back down. And then they got a 10-point lead and then it got back down. They just could not just keep this Miami they couldn't just put the nail in the coffin they just kept this Miami Heat team around and then like I just said Jimmy Butler uh checks back in with eight minutes and is like all right nobody else on this fucking team is gonna do anything I'm just gonna have to win it and then he literally does with two just 
absolute daggers. I think it was two threes, or and then they overchain are they overturned one of the threes to a two i believe because it was the kevin durant thing where his toe must have been a half an inch over the third uh baseline so over the three baseline yeah so now when it comes to this series and talking about the bucks perspective the bucks are now down 3-1 with the next game i believe the next game is does go back to milwaukee if i'm not mistaken that is one of the notes i do not have i don't so, remember i don't remember how the nba playoffs run cuz they like to do it yeah. weird it it the playoffs should be 2-2 two, 1-1 two, one and 1-1 one, one. it should not be this like 2-3 4-2 Two, one, <laughs> X, Y. No, just, I uh, can't stand it. I can't stand it. Yeah, so two, now. It's like, it's like two, three, one, one. Uh, it's dumb. No, it's like two, what is it? Is it two, three, two, two? I think, well, game. You I, should know. Game, You're the NBA guy. Dude, I still don't understand it. I don't understand how they do this. Uh, But the tomorrow's game takes place in Milwaukee. So that'll be game five. And then game six goes back to Miami. And then game seven goes, obviously, if it goes to game seven, goes back oh, to Oh, no. So it is a, it is a two, 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 one, one, one. Which one, which one is it? What's, what game or uh, sport is it where it's, it's that weird two, three, two, or two, three, one, one? I don't know. I think the NBA used to do that and they might have Maybe switched that's it, it to this format. And they realize but... that it's it's idiotic. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. But they just don't want game 7 to be in the in the team with the lower seeds arena, which I kind of get. So yeah, 2-2-1-1 two, two, one, one, even though I feel like it should be maybe 2-3 and then 2, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um but yeah. So can so now when it comes to, we've talked about the Heat and how the Heat are doing this. I have no fucking idea because you saw that insane stat last night where like 11 undrafted players were getting time in this playoff and like the second closest was like seven. So they have 11. The second was uh, closest was 11 or something like that. How they won that game last night, even with Jimmy Butler's crazy performance, I do not know. But now it comes back to with Giannis back and obviously the Heat down so many of their good players, right? They're down their two other best players on this team. Can Miami win one of the next two to make it... Or can they win one of the remaining three. Uh, games to win this series? So there's three games left. Can they win one of the next three? I think so. I think so too. I mean, is... Butler only Butler has to do is just do one more one of three nights. Do just what he just did, and you're good. You're golden because it. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter what Giannis did in this game. He had a triple double, 26 points, and not only did Jan Hartburn, uh, uh, not only did uh, <laughs> I'm old people. Um, yeah, not only did Giannis score 26, but Lopez 36, like with, with 11 rebounds, Middleton had 14. So like the players that, that needed to show up, they showed up, like everybody played well, but you know, if Butler has another game, like he did, it doesn't fucking matter. And he has three chances to do that. Um, 
I think the Bucks are in total worry mode right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I would yeah. be scared if I was them. Well, I also think if you're the Bucks, you have the built-in excuse for the other games Miami won where it's like, oh, Giannis was hurt or he didn't play in those games. This one, it's like, like you just said, Giannis not only played, he played pretty damn well. And he did, and the Bucks did what they do to a bunch of teams, which is use their size to their advantage to get second chance points on rebounds, both offensively and defensively. So then it's like, when you get all the ingredients, you know, obviously Lopez Middleton had pretty good games. So the Bucks played their style of basketball and got good performances by all their starters. And they still lost a game they should have won. And I know it's on the road, but uh, also Jimmy Butler, this was the fourth most points in a playoff game in NFL history. Number one is Michael and, Jordan with 60. And NBA, NBA, wrong sport. And NBA, yeah, sorry. Yeah, but it also uh, set most- a franchise. It also was a franchise record for the Heat. And that's that's when you, they even had LeBron. You know, they had all they had those. LeBron, uh, they, Wade, Wade, they Wade, Shaq. and um, had, and uh, why am I thinking? What's the Bosch. alien's name? Bush. Yeah. Bosch. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bosch. Who looks like an alien, by the way. Just, just saying. <laughs> but so Michael Jordan is the number one with sixty-three points. Elgin Baylor second with sixty-one. Donovan Mitchell with fifty-seven. And then you have four guys now, Butler included, or. Four with Butler included, who scored 56. That was Butler, Barkley, Michael Jordan again, and then Wilt Chamberlain. So really, again, can't give enough credit to how great of a game and performance that was. And now this series, we're at the beginning of it. I was like, oh, it's probably going to be a sweet, maybe the Heat win one game. It's the eighth seed against the number one seed, and the Bucks are reeling. Like, again... Miami just needs one more in this series. And like you said, Casino, I think if Butler even gets, maybe he goes for 35 or 40, I still think they can win. They literally just need one player on their team to score 20 points, maybe get a couple more rebounds, and they can actually win this this series, which is fucking incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I don't think they could do that to every single team in the East. Um, I think they got a little bit lucky though that Giannis was hurt, but you know, trying to run into like the Celtics, whatnot, or the Sixers, like eh, yeah. I don't, well, I don't, if I don't Miami, think they can get past that. If Miami wins this, they would play the Celtics in the next round, but right. they've kind of had the Celtics number this season, so that might be another thing where it's like, how long can Butler do this? Can he have another 2020 season where So what you're saying is can can he can he pull a Steph Curry where he put everybody on his back and he won them a championship? Yeah, basically. I I mean Butler's one of you look at comments on any NBA post on any social media when it comes to LeBron, it's a 50-50 split of whether people love him or hate him. You look at any NBA post on Jimmy Butler, it is 100% consensus. Everybody fucking loves Jimmy Butler. So he is just one of those players where teammates love playing with him. He's great when he plays. He turns it on to another level that is almost almost mythic at this point during the playoffs. And it's like even teams he's left, like the Sixers he left not on good terms, but they weren't like 
bad terms, but every Sixers fan on the hated heat is like, I fucking love Jimmy Butler. And I'm one of them. Like, just there's nobody nobody roots against him and then afterwards he's doing an interview and they're like hey the crowd was chanting mvp like how'd that make you feel and then he's just like i mean i'm flattered but the mvp this year is uh mb like and then he just talks about how great his team was like jimmy butler's the best this i love him (laughs) this this cemented my love for him like he's the best Let's uh, move over to the other game that happened that night or last night, which was Lakers Grizzlies. We had game three happen uh, on, I believe, Friday night where jaw went off, but still Davis and LeBron put up 31 and 25 kind of held off the, the surging Grizzlies to, uh, keep the victory, but then let's move to last night's game where game four Morant has uh kind of a pedestrian 19 7 and 4. Uh, Desmond Bain comes out of nowhere and puts up 36 3 and 7. But the game, uh, and then you also had Brooks who did 11 4 and 5. Again, the Grizzlies, much like the Heat, are kind of just plugging guys in because they've been hit with injuries yet all the Morant shit we all know the issues with the Grizzlies especially towards the end of the season however what happened was LeBron 22.7 assists 20 rebounds like for a guy at his age who's been in the NFL that long like that's maybe one of the most impressive stat lines you're gonna see if uh in this NF or NBA playoffs, if your name isn't Jimmy Butler, like that was a fantastic LeBron game. But unlike Butler, he got help from Vanderbilt, who put up 15, Reeves, who put up 23, Russell, who put up 17, Schroeder, who put up 12, and then Davis basically vanishes the entire game, is just a corpse on the court. He plays almost the whole game, does nothing, and then. He bails them out at the end to get a block on Morant that sends them to OT. After a LeBron, I mean, that drive up the middle, just little floater off of the gr- off the glass above, like, the fingertips. Uh, I, I didn't think it went in because when it came down, when it came down, it didn't touch the net. My Lakers fans at the bar were just like, huh. And I was like, <laughs> there's point, the point, it's tied. And they're like, no. And I was like, yeah, and everybody's like, they're like, oh, 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 oh my gosh, we scored that. And then we saw the the replay, and as it goes down, it, like, touches the net to, like, breathes on it. I didn't yeah. think that went in. It didn't, from my angle, what a that, that first angle shot. that they, sh- oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? You use the backboard, and that's what good players should do. Use the backboard in clutch situations. It's there, and he put it off, kissed it with some nice English, landed, perfect. I thought it was a great play. Oh. And yeah, just yeah, like I did the, say that. Literally, so the, the wife goes. You said the wife goes. You said some nice English, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kiss the glass with nice English. So the ball kisses the glass. So like touches it. She's like, just like that. I think cool. Yeah. Like with, you know, you put some English on the cue ball. It's like, and it spins it. It's English. You you, you spinning it. <laughs> but yeah, this and is why then, you don't I have mean, a after that, for sports. After that shot. <laughs> Uh, what is it? The, the, 
the kind of the cherry on top of just a, a super impressive LeBron James game, uh, especially to go uh, just right up the gut during that. And like you said, avoid two defenders, kiss the backboard, kiss the glass. So it goes right in the hoop, sends it to OT. And then when it got to OT, Grizzlies kind of fell apart. Lakers turned it on, especially defensively. Again, since the trade deadline, the defensive play by the Lakers has been almost surpassing how impressive their offensive performance is. Um, And then you get on game three, you had, that was the Anthony Davis game, right? He goes 31, two assists, 17 rebounds. And then the next game, you don't get, Davis is just, non-existent and that's where you get all the role players and bronze just close the game out so again this lakers team i think it's impressive what they're doing against the grizzlies even though again the grizzlies don't feel like a number two seed because they're so beat up and because you have all that morant drama so i'm right. really curious to see what this lakers team is against you know they're probably most likely going to play the uh, Nuggets in the next round. Then it becomes, all right, Nuggets have looked fantastic, and we can switch over to that series, which nothing really to say about that one. It's Nuggets-Timberwolves. The Timberwolves won in OT on Sunday night, I believe. But, again, that was just – it's hard to sweep a team. Uh, if you would have said the only team that sweeps through the first round is the Sixers at the start of this playoffs, I don't think I would have believed you, even though the Nets are kind of a fraud when it comes to their record, because the people that got them their record, nobody's on that team anymore. So, right. <laughs> but yeah. And then, uh, so the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Jokic went off in that OT game, even though they lost. He had 43 points, six assists, 11 rebounds. Uh, great game, but then Anthony Edwards on the other side, 34 points, six assists, five rebounds. And yeah, that series, I believe, is going to be over. So let's talk about the series that are definitely over, even despite uh, the other team, the other winning, team a winning, winning a game. Yeah. Right. So it's Nuggets, Timberwolves. I don't think the Nuggets, that was like uh, everything went right for them. And even then they had to squeak out a win in uh, OT. I think Nuggets close it out in game five. Uh, same with the Celtics, uh, Celtics, Hawks. You had the Trey Young game where he went 32 9 and 6. Great performance, but still, yeah, even it- in that. Tatum 29, 5 and 10, Smart 24, 8 and 3, Brown 15, 3 and 1. So it's not like the Celtics didn't show up, just Trey Young is going to have one of these games of playoff series. Right. He's uh, a superstar but, for a reason in the NBA. You know, yeah. he's the face of a franchise. It think, Things like that can happen. But. Celtics close it out next game. I'd be shocked if they lose another game in this series. Obviously, we talked about the Sixers sweeping the Nets. The Nets were kind of a fraud to begin with. Uh, Lakers-Grizzlies, I also think, is one of those games, especially where you survive the unlike with the how Celtics. It ended, so with how it ended last night, I think now it's done. I think it's over. Yeah. Like 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 where the Lakers win the next one. They, they win the series 4-1. And they head on home. I think that's done now. Yeah. 
Well, especially where, unlike the Celtics, you survive, you know Morant, you know Trey Young, when you play their teams, no matter what their teams are, you're going to have to survive one game where they go off, right? The Celtics couldn't survive the game where Trey Young went off. The Lakers did survive the game where Morant went off, but I think those series are all coming to an end. Weirdly enough, the Knicks Cavaliers has been a series I was looking forward to and now a series that I think is maybe the worst one going on in the playoffs. I haven't At even least. heard about it. Like it just doesn't I yeah. Yeah. These games you have, have been so boring. Uh Nobody's weirdly to watch them. Uh weirdly uh the Knicks have won the last two games and it's been Brunson of all players. The last one he went 29-6 and 6. Julius Randle has kind of disappeared from this team even though he was the face of it. kind of throughout the last two seasons. Uh, Mitchell is still, he had a good game and then he followed it up with an 11 point performance in 42 minutes on the court. Like the the Cavaliers are good. They're not that good where they can survive a game where Mitchell just decides not to show up. So the Knicks, I've been impressed with their defense, shutting down the Cavaliers almost, Uh, like every other quarter it seems where they're just like you're not scoring anything Uh, so that one surprisingly I thought that might go seven or at least go six this one looks like it's going to go five and close out after next game Uh, now the two series left we have to talk about which are uh, so Suns Clippers Clippers. I think is also done, but the reemergence of Westbrook in this series is, I think, all the talking point. In their last game, where it was Durant goes off for 31, 6, and 11, Booker goes off for 39 and 7. The Clippers, without Paul George, who is still yet to make an appearance in this series, and then a Kawhi Leonard, who is again. Like Jimmy Butler, where he almost becomes a mythical figure in the playoffs, the only issue is, unlike Butler, he never fucking plays the game. So he is maybe the best player in the playoffs, and then he gets hurt again, and it's just like, okay, well, the Clippers are done now. Like, they might have been able to stun the Suns. But then you have Westbrook being now the only offensive weapon we Again, when he was on the Wizards, when he was on the Lakers, he couldn't do anything. They would leave him wide open for like even deep twos, and he's not making it. All of a sudden, he goes off 37 points, six rebounds, four assists on a on a Clippers team that has nothing. Like against a Sun team that's pretty damn good uh, defensively, as good as they are offensively. Like. The story coming out of this is, yes, the Suns are going to win this series, probably 4-1. to one, But uh, you have, yeah, Westbrook just making his so presence known. With that, you know, Westbrook coming back, do you really think that – let me ask you this. Do you think that he was the problem on the teams, on like when he was with the Lakers and whatnot? Or do you think that – so, yeah, do, do you think that the Lakers made him worse and the, all that negative – talked to about him just kept getting in his head and he just kept turning it over turning over and then now with the clippers like people are like ah forget about that team forget about him since he's not under the spotlight of the lakers now he's actually re-emerging do you think that's the thing or do you what's what is the reason for westbrook's success going to the clippers 
Well, I think on the Clippers, uh, especially in that game, it was like, we have no other options. You're the only one, so do what you got to do. And then he showed people that he's still at least competent and probably above competent in being the leader of a basketball team. Because, again, even when he had Kawhi Leonard on the uh, field, he wasn't or on the court. He wasn't doing this kind of stuff, but he was still a defensive menace kind of shutting down Durant for almost three quarters in that first game. They kind of stole away from the Suns, but in this game and the difference of him on the Lakers, as opposed to the Clippers is on the Lakers. He not, he had to play not second fiddle. He had to play third fiddle to both LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And those LeBron James teams only work when he has perimeter shooters, right? Because Anthony Davis and LeBron James work in the paint. They drive into it. They either get a they either get a bucket or they dish it to the outside where they're expecting you to at least be a semi-decent uh, perimeter shooter, right? So then when it comes to Westbrook, that's never been his game. And the longer he plays, it's almost impressive at how bad he's gotten as a perimeter shooter because he was never good to begin with. Now he's jet. Like we said that um, we were talking about the one game they won where it was mostly in part to him defensively, offensively, he was still like three for 19, I believe. And he's jacking up three point shots in the fourth quarter in the last like three minutes. And you're just like, it's completely bricking off the, like not even touching the rim. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like the unbridled confidence has always been one of the best and worst things when it comes to Russell Westbrook is he believes he can make every shot, which is nice, but he doesn't like, so uh, the reemergence of Westbrook has been fun, but this series is over. And then the last game we have to talk about casino or the last series, I should say is the golden state warriors and the Sacramento Kings, just like myself and many predicted the, the, the golden state Warriors at home <laughs> at home are night and day difference than what they are in the road. They win two games back to back. This game, uh, the last game that is where De'Aaron Fox still went off for 38, five and nine monk had 16 Murray at 23. And then you had the golden state warriors doing uncharacteristic things like Curry calling, uh, the phantom timeout when they had no timeouts left. So they get a technical foul on that. And then the uh, Sacramento Kings have a chance. Darren Fox dishes it out to, I believe it was Barnes. Barnes misses a three after a uh, Steph Curry miss, which was almost catastrophic. And he's trying to do a little floater in the paint for two. He misses the Kings, get it back, call a timeout. And then Draymond green, this is why you want Draymond green, right? He's a great defensive player. He's a menace. He kind of shut uh, Sabonis down anytime he's been on him, even after the foot stomp game, he's kind of made Sabonis his bitch during this series, just defensively. Yeah, because Sabonis is scared as shit to get stepped on. <laughs> that's why. I mean, I mean, hey, that's, but it a, well, that's exactly like, that so, that's why head. I I was surprised in game three or uh, not game three, uh, game four. 
game four that he did not come that they did not win. Uh, no, no, it was game three. And I expected game three. Oh, that's yeah. the one he, he didn't play. I still expect him to, uh, I was about to say the Grizzlies, uh, but by my worries. Thank you. Oh my gosh. But uh, the Warriors uh, to lose that game. I thought that uh, the Kings were going to take that because green was out, but now that he's in and, and exactly, I, that's what I saw in game four was it's a bonus. He was scared as hell. Like, I would be too. You, know, you got green. You got green suspended for a game. Of course, he's going to come back and bully you and and be a presence and breathing down the back of your neck. And you're that. Yeah, that's why he looks like he's made him his bitch. Is because he's scared about it. I mean, I would yeah. be if you have green behind you going, "Hey, I'm going to step on you again." Hey, I'm going to step on you. Again. I'm scared too. But then again, you're getting really the best and worst of what Draymond Green is and kind no, of I mean, always has been. So he's a again, person. He, it is it is good. Like for a team, you, you want yourself. I mean, it's like a hockey thing. Like you want an off the bench thug. You you want you want yeah. somebody to come out there. Uh, we call them enforcers in hockey. You want an enforcer to come out there and just beat the living crap out of you and have that those players that are on the court at that time to be scared to step on the court with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it is really weird. I know a lot of people have said this, but when you're watching it, it really does feel like the warriors of the past facing off against their future selves. Like the Sacramento Kings feel so much like what the golden state warriors used to be. And now the golden state warriors just feel like them but with more experience and yeah, you're just getting like great games. I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes seven. I think the Kings. Well, I mean, Golden State won by a point last game, so it wasn't by much. It was really no, close. No. Well, and it was Draymond Green locking up De'Aaron Fox, so he had to dish it to a much uh, less a much worse shooter than him on the perimeter. And if that three, it almost went in. And again, if it was De'Aaron Fox, it probably would have, but that's why you want Draymond Green. He's still, with everything he's lost offensively, still defensively, he's one of the best in the league. Like, it's it's impressive. It really is. Uh, and Casino, on that note, we can switch over to uh nhl playoffs i mean both the nba and nhl playoffs this year have just been fucking phenomenal like no, this I is love, just great playoffs i like the nhl playoffs so much and i said this year this was going to be a good year because there was just so much uh yeah the, the, there's barely any difference between any of these teams so um shit, well, that's why every series though? is what so we record two, two? We, all right so we just covered the nba uh however we have to end the show early today but don't worry we're going to do a one-off tomorrow just talking about the nhl playoffs and then we'll be back with a full episode on friday to talk about what happened in the draft and the rest of the nhl and nba playoffs that happened from then till now so yeah well i mean you want to do like do you want to do a one-off tomorrow that's what i was saying yeah we could do a one-off tomorrow just to talk about nhl playoffs yeah and then i would like to get that covered yeah yeah, and then we'll talk about whatever transpires to, tonight till Thursday. We'll talk about it on Friday along with the draft and blah, blah, blah. So I'm Will. That's Casino. This has been the Only Sports Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow to talk NHL playoffs. Adios.